Okay, Blake, I've been working on some jingles for our new website launch. So I've got churchy, churchy, church, church dear. Toby, what have I told you about singing on the podcast? It doesn't work. But you know what is working? Our new website. You can actually get it to load on your phone. You can actually buy a new piece of gear without your phone bursting into flames. Well, what if I spelled it out like C-H-U-R-C-G-E-R? Toby, Toby, stop. That is not working. But you know what is working? The search bar on our website. You can actually search speakers and speakers will appear. No joke, that didn't always work. Okay, what if I just did something like go to churchgear.com? Uh, you know what? That one works. Blake, now that you're becoming famous, does your family say that you've gone Hollywood? Uh, Toby, we call it Hodgywood now. Welcome to the Church Gear Podcast, where we pull the tech out of the booth and onto the stage to share the most outlandish stories and hidden wisdom from the tech trenches. And now, here are your hosts. I'm your host, Blake Hodges, a man who doesn't even qualify for a Z-level celebrity status, and I'm here with my co-host, who has just entered X-level celebrity status with our new ads, Toby Walters. X-level? So is it going from, is it just the alphabet in, re- in reverse? Yes, and I don't think you're ever going to get above X, but hey, Twitter's rebranding to X, so you know maybe that's a hot you know level to be on right now. Who's A-level to you, Blake? Taylor Swift, and then we can talk about everyone else that's at B. <laughs> so Taylor is the only A, and then it just goes down from there. There's literally articles about how she's reshaping local economies because of her tour. It's quite insane right now. Uh, is Beyonce going to win, though? I don't know. We'll have to ask Beyonce's uh, front of house guy when we have him I on. I think it's Fingers monitors. Crossed. I don't. I don't care. He's with Beyonce. I'm excited. <laughs> Give yes, me her we, janitor. I would. Yeah, we do have a uh, Beyonce uh, tour master coming on oh. soon. Although he's going to be fun. Wait for the pay series to finish. So Blake, I went to Hollywood recently, where all the stars are, and I, you know, they kind of recognize me a little bit from the Church Gear podcast. Obviously, good lord. <laughs> Help us all. So uh, right in the heart of Hollywood is one of the most iconic churches in America. It's Mosaic Church. And uh, Erwin McManus, their pastor, has been one of the most influential pastors in the last, you know, 25 years. And they started in a nightclub in downtown LA. It was kind of this pioneering thing. I think it was late 90s. And they'd literally meet in a nightclub on Sunday mornings after like they had, you know, the nightclub open the night before. This is just like when I did a gear run and the church used to be a strip club. I kid you not. They had to take the pole out when they renovated it. <laughs> well, at least they took the pole out. And did they... <laughs> we won't even go there, Let's Blake. just move on. So this is Alabama for Mosaic, you. and because they're in the heart of Hollywood and the movie industry and just you know, creative center of the world, they are probably per capita, perhaps the most creative church in America. So you walk in and they're... Um, their church now is, it's a permanent space for them, but it used to be a theater and it's set up like a, you know, a, a scoring stage, so to speak. Like the entire back wall is just a white wall so they can do different backdrops and different things. They were set up for a podcast shoot the day I was there. In their auditorium, they were all set up for a podcast shoot. Did and, you jump on? Um, I, I tried to, but uh, mm. they asked me, well, what would you talk about? And I started telling some of the stuff and they're like, yeah, we better not. So, Makes sense. Makes yeah, sense. we save it for the Church Gear podcast. And I did ask, like, do any famous people go here? And they said, well, and as we know with production people, they are so busy week in and week out. They're like, we don't even notice half the time. But Usher used to come. Like, he was a regular attendee. Are you sure they're Mosaic not saying Church. that they have ushers there? <laughs> they, they didn't say, like, you know, ushers. They didn't say the ushers. They just said usher. So I figured by just saying usher, 
we all know what that means. That's pretty cool. My wife, uh, that's her like celebrity crush. Ooh. She would leave me for him in a heartbeat. Okay, I'll see if I can introduce her. No, to Toby, what the heck? <laughs> and uh, after that, I, I ran over to Shepherd Church and they are a massive church in LA. And you don't think like, you wouldn't think this, but California has more mega churches than Texas. It's actually the number one state in America for mega churches. Everything's bigger in Texas and Christianity only exists in the South, so I don't know that I believe that, but keep going. <laughs> so Shepherd Church, again, a huge church in the heart of LA, and I was talking to them. I was getting a tour and seeing their setup, and it's a really cool place. And they said they have a huge listening audience um, like Latin Americans because Manny Pacquiao, that's his church. And like he's open about the fact that that's his church, and he goes there. And it's, it's just fascinating that his fan base will then watch Shepherd Church service online because that's his place. And they also, um, they have this sports ministry. They have a full-size gymnasium. And the pastor of this church did a lot of stuff with UCLA, like with their sports department. And when UCLA, their basketball arena, when they took out the floor, Shepherd Church bought their floor. So Shepherd Church has UCLA's former basketball um, you know, court floor. So I, I don't know, I didn't know this, Blake, but like there's a difference between like legit basketball floors and just like what you get at a high school. I didn't know you could buy people's floors. I know. So they have like a legit floor and it's one of the few in LA that's like a, you know, obviously like the Lakers have and the Clippers have like their practice arenas and they have their arenas that they play in, but there's not very many like private gyms that have real basketball floors. So they have NBA players come in like schedule times and they'll practice at their church. I love that. Talk about, uh, you know, bringing the church to the community. Yeah. And uh, one more that I went to in LA, a uh, great church called One and All Church. And they are, they're just growing like crazy, multi-site church. And uh, we've worked with them multiple times now. Love those guys. Um, they gave me a tour as well. And it was really cool to see their space, what they're doing. They're growing. They're meeting a great need in the community. And they took me over to a, a separate place on their campus, which was their like worship and production offices. They have their offices there. They have like rehearsal space, uh, kind of a recording studio set up. And it's it's an old house that's on their property. And um, I I don't even think I was asking about it, but he said, yeah, this used to be the like childhood home of the founder of In and Out Burger. And Blake, do you know that I'm a huge fan of In-N-Out? Yeah. Like this is a California thing. What's your thing out here, Blake, that like only Tennesseans like really understand why it's so important? Dolly Parton. Okay. Good, good reference. So if you were suddenly in Dolly Parton's childhood house, you'd be like, I am in a holy place, so to speak. I'd be singing nine to five. Yeah. So it was really cool that uh, to hear the story of like In-N-Out, the founder grew up in that house and they told me that, so now it's the granddaughter of the founders that runs In-N-Out and she did like an internal commercial on their property just about a month ago. Like they filmed this thing for the company about the history and Blake, I don't know how, many, how much of our audience has heard, but In-N-Out is bringing In-N-Out to Franklin, Tennessee. We're about to be legit now. And it's going to be like their south headquarters, southern headquarters. So they're setting up their headquarters for the southern region in Franklin, Tennessee. And then there will be a restaurant and it's two years. So everybody out there that doesn't have In-N-Out, you, you might want to get Just in on this Franklin thing ASAP. Look, come to Franklin, visit us. We'll hang out. We'll go to In-N-Out. It'll be great. 
And speaking of some other things that are great, a couple of friends who have definitely gone Hollywood, the MXU guys, Jay and Jeff, are here with us today. Guys, welcome to the pod. Hey, what thanks. Is, what's up? So, uh, Toby, how do we count this of the all-timers? Because both of these guys hold a top five episode in our catalog, so now that they're combining, are they going to one lay claim over the other on this episode? I mean, if you and I are X and Z celebrities, what level are Jay and Jeff? I mean, they're at least, you know, middle letters. And I'm, I mean, that's pretty big. Yeah. Considering Taylor Swift is an A. So. L-G-B-T-Q. <laughs> I, was, I was actually thinking that they'd be uh, J-level celebrities, Jay and Jeff. I, I think mm, it fits. I see what you did there. Oh, yeah. that's good. That's yeah. much better than mine. Um, all right, guys. So y'all are getting off the hook. You've already done five truths and a lie. You've gone through the fire. So we're not going to make you do it again. Instead, we're going to do a little prelude here to our Church Tech Pay episode uh, series. Before we do that, out. though, okay. can we just talk about in and out for a second? Yes, we can. Many seconds. Because I was overhearing your conversation and your, your intro. And I, I just got to say... In and out doesn't do it for me. I'm, <gasps> okay, we're gonna stop I'm, this episode right now. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not on the fan bandwagon. I just. I don't love it. What are you a Whataburger guy? <clears throat> no, I mean Whataburger's fine. Whataburger's trash. Yes, amen. It's. I think. In and out. If you're if you're in the restaurant and it's super fresh, I think it is good. The burger is is just fine. I, I don't like the fries. I'll take five guys any day over in and out with the fries. Mm. And I'll take a fresh in and out burger or I'll take a fresh five guys burger over in and out most of the time. So I'm just putting it out there like I'm it's fine, but I'm not I'm not a super fan. Jeff, I'm getting a message from your team right now that MXU is losing subscribers um, in this very second. <laughs> well, I was just in and out trash talk. I was going to joke that you and I trashing Whataburger. We just lost all of Texas. <laughs> like Will Brown said in Texas, it was Jesus, and then immediately Whataburger. Pretty much, but yeah, it we is just trash. got a we just got one of those Whataburger things in Atlanta, and let's be honest, it's just a salty patty. <laughs> it's just a straight up salty patty. It's not good. The best fast food burger. Is a Big Mac. Ah, oh, Jay, come on, man. It defies, actually, it defies actually, all best, time. The best fast food burger is a Big Mac outside of the United States. Amen. That's Amen. McDonald's, yo, yo. Mc, McDonald's overseas is game changer. Well, because they don't have the FDA trying to kill them. It's real, <laughs> it's real meat. It's real meat. It's um, true. I went, I was in Rome a couple times this summer, but a total, uh, stops at the the best mcdonald's it's literally has like historic frescoes and art and like tablets basically hanging is right next to the spanish steps in rome and i probably visited four times this is amazing what a revelation to know that mcdonald's outside of america is better and blake i'm sad to know that you'll never you gotta get a passport it. first Yep, you got to get a passport first. Blake, are you willing to go outside the U.S. Uh, the U.S. to experience McDonald's? Uh, if they have one in France, yes, I am going to go over to France because that's where the Cartesian monks make chartreuse. So I'm going to uh, head over there at some point, try and steal their yeah. steal their secret recipe. And hey, uh, I, I have a couple good local chartreuses that uh, from a couple years ago when I was in France that I'll be happy to share with you at some point in my life. Are you a green or yellow guy? Uh, green. I'm about to get the top of the bottle tattooed on my on my leg. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll talk about this at AA later. <laughs> Jay, um, you just became my best bro. I didn't know you were a chartreuse guy. I'm a, I'm an everything guy. Amaro is my love language, though. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a hard end of the MR. But back to McDonald's. Um, <laughs> the the QP and C, the QPC in France is called a, a Royale, and it's fantastic too. A, Q, a good QP and C. And uh, for those of you who don't know, because you're too young to have seen the movie Pulp Fiction, mm, the, reason great is, movie. the reason it's not called a quarter pounder in France is because of the metric system, mm. because they don't have quarter pounds in France. So they call it a Royale with cheese instead of a quarter pounder with cheese. Hmm. That's actually really funny. I never thought about how that would impact that. All right, we need some churches in Europe to uh, get some gear together so we can go over and get it. But really, our secret mission uh, is to have get you the have you been to churches in Europe? They need gear. <laughs> they don't have any to give. Yeah, they okay. need to buy. They New don't plan. need to sell. Blake, I need you to get a plane. Can you borrow that MXU plane? Yep. And we will fill it with gear <laughs> and deliver like Santa Claus to churches all over Europe. Guys, the MXU plane is bright yellow. You can't <laughs> miss it. It says Spirit Airlines across the side. <laughs> <laughs> and our motto is you might not crash. Yeah. Oh, you no. Might not. <laughs> Okay. Yo, my dad, I'll tell you about my dad straight up. He's my dad is like having a teenager. He, he's retired and he's just living his best woes. But just uh, had one, a birthday. Yep. Yep. He had 72 on, on Monday. And uh, one of my cousins is here and we're watching Premier League soccer around the U.S. this week. We have a couple games in Atlanta tonight and then we're going out to Vegas and such. And but his mom came along and uh, they got here late, late Friday. So they went straight to bed Saturday. Uh, my cousin, they're at my sister's house. I was still out of town, so I wasn't. But my dad just, they, my parents live in my sister's basement. And my dad comes upstairs. He goes, yeah, I'm going to book us a trip to Puerto Rico. And he books my mom and him and my aunt a, a trip to Puerto Rico on Expedia to find out they're staying at the, the Hampton Inn and Suites. Well, the Ham, I call it the Hamster Inn. And every time I was making fun of him, he was, he would just go, yeah, but it said and Suites. Like, like. Dad, we're not talking. I think our level of suites are very different. Like a kitchenette yeah. in the corner is going to help you here. Yeah, the and Puerto Rico Hampton Inn did not get a major upgrade. No, and it's also a three mile walk to the beach. Uh, I think, or a three minute walk. I can read it. But then I looked at the ticket, and it was Spirit Airlines. I was like, Oh gosh, here we yeah. go. They might make it. No, he's there. He texted me. I texted him last night. Are you good? He said, Yeah, it's raining. Free popcorn, beer, and chips. That's all he said. <laughs> it's raining. So better to do on a rainy day than enjoy free popcorn and beer. Yeah, and is chips. It, is it raining the popcorn and chips and beer? I don't. I you know sometimes with my dad you don't want to ask, and so <laughs> I, I just I just let it be. But then he told me he was applying for a Spirit Airlines credit card, and then I said no. Mm. <laughs> and, and I said we can talk. We can talk about this when you get home. Yeah, Spirit Airlines credit card. It might work when you go to checkout. <laughs> so. All right. Um, man, what a hard uh, right turn this is. But <laughs> going back to the, the five truths and a lie, which for this episode is two truths and a lie, and the tables are being turned. Y'all are going to play the game. So we've got three facts from our uh, Church Tech Pay survey that we've done. That is a prelude to next week's episode where we'll begin that series. And we're going to see if you guys can sniff out the lie here. So you got <clears throat> two facts and then one lie. Yes, but I thought it would make it sound more official if I called it three. Okay. All right. From 378 respondents, we have the following. 30% of our respondents have been at their church for 15 plus years. Number two, the average church tech in America makes thirty dollars to $40,000 a year. Number three, with the answers of worship leader, executive pastor, lead pastor, production manager, and creative pastor, the majority of TDs report to production managers. 
You need to hear those again? No. Um, I think the first one, the 30% is a lie. And I think, man, number two is definitely truth. Uh, it's either one or three that's the lie. Because I would think that, you can't pick two. Are you think? Are you thinking out loud? Yeah, I'm thinking out loud. So my conflict is, I think most TDs would report to because most churches don't have both a TD and a production manager. They might report to the worship pastor or the executive pastor or the lead pastor. So I don't know, man. I think I might go with three. So Jay's going with one. I'm going with three is the lie. All right. So uh, you're both right. (laughs) I uh, twisted the game. Uh, I lied barely on two of them. So it was actually two lies and a truth. So you're a liar. I'm a big liar. Um, It was not the production managers. That was second, like almost first. It was actually worship leaders was the most that they were reporting to. And then instead of 30% at 15 years, it was actually 22%. So look at that. I threw a curveball and they both still got it dead on. Look at them. J-level celebrity. Well, it's funny. I'm, I'm actually impressed that there... And you're are, a liar. <laughs> I'm impressed that there are so many people who've been at their churches for that long. That's actually pretty encouraging to me because um, I think, you know, these days we hear a lot about burnout and a lot about turnover and a lot about needs in the church. But to know that there are that many people who are serving that faithfully for that long is is pretty cool. So cheers to you guys who are in that group. Even though it's only 22%, you know, 20% out of 400 is, you know, a good number of people. So, yeah. Yeah. I was shocked that we had that many people. Well, do we want to talk anymore on those, on the pay stats or we want to get into uh, some touring catch up? I want you to just pay me, Blake. Well, I tried to pay you last night when I played the Mega Millions and uh, sadly I didn't win. Yeah. I was ready to buy 50% of church gear for 50 million, which some would say is a gross overpay. But would have been or a gross underpay, Jay. No. If, if you won the lottery, what's the first thing you're buying? Um, I think that it would incriminate me here for it to be <laughs> for it to be recorded for public consumption. Maybe you could buy Spirit Airlines and just make it better. <laughs> that do air? Um, oh, I don't know. I like uh, I'd pay off a few things. Uh, I'd pay off my sister's house where my parents live with her and make sure the nephew's got money. Um, I would go buy all the Amaro and all the land. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't like have a crazy, I would probably go buy a ridiculous vehicle, like a, a fully restored old defender that's, you know, got air conditioning, uh, something like that. Yeah. Just stupid stuff. You know, I, and then I'd, you know, Feed kids and save the world. All, all the stuff you have to, you have to do, and don't, I for sure would tie the eleven percent. That's right. I told Allison, I was like, "What above if, and beyond?" Our our above church is trying to make a new uh, campus, and I was like, "What if we just promise God we'll pay for that new campus?" And she was like, "I don't think it works like that." And I was like, "But what if it could? It could. It could. Why not?" Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, let's uh, let's talk some touring. Um, you guys have both been out on the road a lot. Um, we know that, uh, Jeff, you've been out with Dude Perfect. So, you know, tell us how it went. You know, any fun stories, any disaster moments? 
we have we have one more weekend on the tour so it's been basically the tour is six weekends total and so it's weekend warrior stuff so i'm gone thursday to sunday and then home monday tuesday wednesday and half a thursday and it's uh it's been a little grueling with the travel because this year we did uh some west coast dates so i had a couple of red eye flights and um you know this this year has been the worst travel season for me in a really forever in terms of delays and cancellations and stuff i know it's it's been bad for everybody but man it's just been surprising how um how that just adds to the level of fatigue and emotional frustration but the shows have been great the tour has been great the guys are awesome to work with and um i just love you know their their mission for the way they're trying to provide you know wholesome entertainment for families that they can enjoy together and you know their their love for the lord and their love for each other is evident every every night so it's just it's fun to be around it's a, it's a great great crew and it's it's been awesome that's great has uh has anything gone terribly wrong or has it gone off without a hitch so far well toby i am a highly qualified professional and so <laughs> so yes um, everything went wrong no we haven't had any major hiccups there you know at the very beginning of the tour um you know there's a ton of led product on the upstage wall and a ton of rigging because the lighting rig comes out into the house and really is this sort of immersive kind of experience visually and so load in has been a challenge on some days just because it takes forever to the for the rig to get in and so <clears throat> typically audio is very fast and efficient relative to the other departments because we're we're really constrained to just stage left stage right pa and running snakes and typical consoles so we're we spend a lot of time waiting on rigging and kind of everybody else to get to get ready there's one wrinkle in the programming is that the sunday shows start an hour earlier so instead of starting at seven sunday shows start at six doors are at five so if we're running late then that just compresses the afternoon and pushes things up against each other so there was one particular sunday where we were we were checking our mics just a few minutes before doors and everybody was a little frustrated but in terms of major like gaffes or technical failures or anything we we haven't really had anything it's been super smooth so i say that knocking on my desk right now because we do have one more weekend so i don't want this to be the the curse that blows this weekend up but generally it's been awesome and is it official yet that you uh the dude perfect tour has eclipsed the uh, taylor swift tour as far as numbers and uh income i will say that uh last weekend we were in seattle and taylor was in seattle at the same time and i think our numbers were probably down a little bit compared to other cities <laughs> uh, i think for people who had the means and could make the choice i think they're going to see taylor but darn your somehow i didn't get invited like, on that tour it was really weird that was also one of the things i would have bought if i won the lottery last night was taylor tickets. swift yeah <laughs> what no i don't that's not enough money that's, that's probably true. that's a good point I don't know 50 billion dollars probably i don't yeah this is a weird part like it's not like a you'll know what i mean it's not like, money's not the reason i don't go to shows it's bad because you know work in the industry i just don't like crowds 
it's just I'm I'm turning into that old man. I I like Jeff have had some serious travel woes and was stuck at an airport for almost 15 hours recently. And the people watching and my level of frustration with people was like high, very, very high. But I definitely don't want to go to a show. I'm thinking about going to see Beyonce in a few weeks and uh, uh, with some friends. And like the thought of it is actually hurts a little bit. So because of that same reason, Jay, I have never been to like a stadium concert until tonight. I'm actually going to go see NF. Uh, Toby told me, not with Toby, we're both going separate seats. He told me uh, that it was happening and it was like 80 bucks for two tickets. But like you, man, I'm afraid to see, of crowds. To see NF? Yeah. I love Nate. Uh, Nate's first two tours were with me. Are you He's serious? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He uh, he toured with us when I was out with Crowder. His first two runs were with us. He's a gym. I'm a fan. Uh, I'm a so big fan. My son is 11. He's a big fan, and he's been begging me for about the last year, like, Dad, I want to go to a concert. I want to go to my first concert. And then when he heard the NF was coming, um, he was like, can we go? Can we go? Can we go? So, uh, That's awesome. yeah, it's going to be my son's first concert tonight. And uh, my other son, Blake, is going to go <laughs> as well. <laughs> you know, in terms of pure skill level, if he continues at this rate, I really think, like, not hype, because he'll never be as famous as, like, a Jay-Z, but I really think he's one of the most talented rappers I've ever heard of. Yeah, and he's a real dude. He's a great, great human. Like, he's just good people. So, yeah, uh, I, I enjoy it. I want to ask you guys, um, Jeff and Jay, you both been in Bridgestone Arena. I've sh I'm sure you've mixed shows there, Jeff. Um, yep. So two nights ago, I went to Greta Von Fleet at Bridgestone and sat up, up high. And I love Greta. Um, I like their music. It's a very, you know, modern Led Zeppelin. And opening band comes out and the mix is terrible. It's one of the worst mixes I've ever heard. I, I give it a pass because, you know, often opening bands, they're, they're not going to get a great mix because, you know, we well, they probably let the monitor guy out. out. Yeah. You know, um, but then as far as Greta went, I felt like, you know, we were above the line arrays. Maybe we were too high. And so we're just getting like a tin can echo in there. You can't really hear anything mm. distinguished. Like I couldn't understand what the lead singer said, you know, the whole night. Jeff, is that a normal thing, or when you're mixing there, is it sounding good throughout the room? I feel like it should sound good everywhere. I mean, that's just a bad deployment or a bad system engineer or a bad engineer. I mean, I'm not, I don't, I haven't heard the show. I don't know anything about sure. them. I don't know their team. So I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. But man, uh, if everybody can't hear well and have it sound good, it's a problem. So, so they had um, four array hangs on stage, um, you know, left, right, and then two sides. And But then also up high, they had four more. I could actually see those ones, D&B array hangs. Um, are those just the, the arena's array and those weren't on? Because I felt like we were just getting the stage arrays, but the, the upper hangs were not Yeah, it, not it may on. be that that's the arena PA, so you weren't hearing it. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, that's frustrating because, you know, you pay all this money to go see a show and hear a show you know because a lot of times nowadays people think well the concert's just about seeing the artists it's like mm -hmm. no i still want it to sound good so that's very frustrating to hear because i really feel like you know the engineer's not doing their job if they're not providing a good experience for everybody i was in there on good friday with tomlin and you know we had a great we had a great time and it was a great experience it sounded, it sounded great i was there yeah, yeah. so I, I don't think you know, there are some bad rooms in this country. I mean, obviously, 
you know, hockey and basketball arenas were not built specifically for music originally, most of them. And so there are some limitations that you have in some of these rooms. There are, you know, weird spots and weird reflections and all that stuff. But, you know, the job of a good system engineer is to mitigate those things so that the audience can have a consistent experience. So when I hear stories and when I hear concerts that aren't just yeah, what you expect, you know, if it's not stellar, then, you know, somebody, somebody's to blame. And I think it's too easy to blame the room. I think, you know, it's a combination of a good engineer, a good system and a good system tech mm-hmm. um, to be able to provide even coverage that sounds great everywhere. So, so Blake, you and a, I are going to be very similar location tonight for NF. We're up high. And so uh, we'll see tonight if it sounds amazing or if it doesn't. Well, I won't have anything to compare it to since I've never been to an arena tour. You'll have to tell me. I'm real excited because you'll see these clips of the Taylor Swift concert where these girls are screaming so loud next to you. Mm -hmm. I'm like, why would you even go? I bet you can't hear her. For NF, ain't nobody going to know every line to be able to rap the song Yeah, that's going to be tough. So that'll be good. There's going to be one guy in the crowd that like he's doing every line by line. Clouds and hope I probably could. Uh Um, Guys, one last thing before we move off on the room. Um, This might be an impossible question to answer, but like say that the the guy running sound is, you know, professional, like he's at y'all's level. What percentage can you blame the room? Like, is it, you know, even someone a plus you might have 10% that the room just sucks or 20% that the room sucks, or you might say 0%. I'm, I'm curious if y'all would have a amount of pass you would give based on just a horrific room. I'm waiting on Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone just <clears throat> look down at their podcast uh, app. Say, say, say uh, tell me that question again. So basically, give you the first thing that comes to my head now. How much of a perc- what percentage would you give someone a pass on a horrific room? Like, say it's someone of y'all's level, like you're doing everything you can and you know just about as much as one could. So, you know, is it 10%, 20%, 30%, 0%, whatever that is? Like, how much? can an A-level person still have, you know, a room that bring down the show level? Jeff and I actually had this conversation yesterday. Like, are you allowed to have an off day, like a bad day at work? Um, when you're a sniper, probably not. Front of house guy for an A-list artist, probably not. Um, church, yes. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I think you, you have to kind of use your brain like, okay, put myself in his shoes. Like, is this a bad room? Or is it just a bad mix? But yeah, I think, you know, an example is our buddy Adam Taylor was at Kingdom Bound Festival this week at Darien Lake, New York, which is near Buffalo. It's been going uh, on for 30 been going on forever. forever right? yeah. their, their gear is like mid 90s PA and it's a it's a theme park. And the the room that they're in, the, the auditorium is open air, but it's covered. It's like it's got this sort of fabric plastic roof thing that is super reflective and it really doesn't sound good. So I think, you know, for the audience who's there all day listening to band after band after band, you know, their, their ears and their brain are getting accustomed to how the room sounds throughout the day. And so from band to band, there's probably going to be a drastic difference in the quality of the mix based on the engineer, based on the sources, based on the, you know, whatever the singer, whatever, whatever's happening on stage. So that is when I would give somebody some grace because there's context that you can provide. So it's like a stellar mix is really going to stand out versus a non-stellar mix. Um, 
So I would be, I'd probably be more critical of the guys who are providing the bad mix there because it's like, it's like a golf tournament in bad conditions. Everybody's having to deal with the weather. And so you don't have it. You don't have an excuse for it to be worse than the next guys because you're all in the same condition. So when it is worse than the next guy, I'm like, okay, what can you do to make it better? Because obviously, you know, A-list guy over here is making it work. They're finding ways to mitigate the room. They're finding ways to sort of maybe not try to overwhelm the room with volume, which is the temptation because people think, well, if the room's bad, I just need to make it louder. Sometimes that makes it worse, you know? So I don't know. I mean, it's hard for me because I want, especially in a, you know, people are paying a lot of money to show up and they expect it to be like the record. Right. So I feel like the engineer is really in a hot seat when it's a bad room. They, they should work harder to make it better instead of just using the room as an excuse. So I don't know, man, I'm, I'm the wrong person to ask because I want it to be great every time. So sometimes it's not, but. And I was, I was sitting at the concert with Greta and I was missing Sunday morning because at church of the city, like almost every Sunday, it just sounds fantastic. And it gave me even more appreciation for the work that you, the production. You know why it doing. sounds fantastic is because uh, Josh Fisher's mix in there. Yes, Josh Sandra. is a brilliant, beautiful genius when it comes to mixing. Who has told me like seven times that he knows nothing about tech, but he's still a genius. <laughs> he's apparently. got that he, he doesn't. He, he's, he's a drummer gone rogue, but yeah. he, is a, he is a fantastic... He's from Atlanta, and so we have a lot of... Jeff and I both have a lot of history with him. Next uh, time you talk to Josh, just ask him about his snare drum, and he'll tell you a story about me, so... About wonder, like how does he is he the one who's figured out how to mic a snare drum? He's no, got, just ask him. Just ask him. Tell me the Jeff Sandstrom story about your snare drum. I, I, I hope Ooh. this ends with Jeff got so busy through. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking he has a Jeff face on his snare drum head, and he's just you know, <laughs> hammering that thing. He may. He may. He's, yeah. he's he's pretty unorthodox in a lot of his approach, but his ears are amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's not job. a he's not a techie. Yeah. Uh, I was out with Jesus Culture years ago, and he was playing drums. And I was mixing monitors, and I literally had to have separate EQs for his drums for his ears. And what he would ask me to do was just wrong every <laughs> way, but that's the way he wanted it. So, anyways, moving on. Yeah. So, one thing about the one thing about the PA thing before we before we move on from that, I'll be curious to get your opinion on the concert tonight yeah. versus Greta, particularly with the low end. Yep, because. Sitting that high up, I'm going to be interested to hear how they handle the sub deployment, because for a hip hop artist, you know, you're going to need to have that be impactful way up in the in the upper deck seats. So I'm just I'm going to be curious to hear how it's your impression of the of the experience in that arena up there with hip hop. Yeah, Blake, I'll be curious to see uh, what your opinion is of the mix tonight, knowing nothing about mix. You'd be like, it sound pretty good or... I don't think I know <laughs> enough to give an opinion on the mix. The The biggest question mark I have for myself is rap is fast and you have to be able to hear the enunciation. And so is the music mm. in the mix going to work enough to where I can still hear it? Yeah. I don't know. Never been to one like this big. So at Church of the City for their... Um, 
Christmas Eve services, they had um, Tommy Prophet, who is the guy that produces the NF records. And so yeah, it love, was, love Tommy. It was almost Tommy, like come on the podcast, please. Like please there was on. an NF show at Church of City without NF, but like all that big cinematic production in those moments. And Josh again mixed it, and so it sounded phenomenal. So like Josh has set a pretty high bar for me to go to this concert tonight and feel like now NF is going to be dropped in, and I'm I'm still hoping for the Josh mix. I mean, I, I will say. The little bit of grace you can give is that Josh is mixing in the same room weeks at a time in an acoustically controlled environment. Yeah. An arena is not that. Yeah. But I tell you. So like, there's 10%. Like that's 10% in the box there. 10% grace. Uh, some weeks it'll sound different and my wife will turn to me and she'll say like, what? Why does it sound weird? And I'll I'll just know. I'll say because Josh is on vacation. Like that guy's so selfish when he Just goes on vacation out or right like now. He, he takes weeks off to rest. Like that's really disappointing to me, Josh, because I need how dare Josh he? Mix. Yes. How dare he rest? Well, rest is important. And I think, you know, I, I was I was probably a little too harsh earlier because I, I feel like, you know, obviously my reference is I want it to sound like the record, but it won't ever sound like the record. Let's be honest, because we're not in a controlled studio environment. We don't have the same kind of sources. We don't have the same overdubs. We don't have, you know, some of those things are just, you know, unattainable in a live setting. But I will say in terms of clarity of the vocal, in terms of balances of the band, sound of the drums, like I do have certain things in my head that I'm trying to achieve in the mix that will make people feel the same or more level of impact that they would from listening to the record. So. Um, I think, you know, to your point, Blake, you know, tonight it'll be curious, like, will there be enough clarity in the vocal for you to understand every word? Probably not, because there's so much natural reverb in an arena that you're not going to have the same experience of the immediacy of the vocal that you do on a record. So what's the engineer going to be able to do to provide you enough clarity in the vocal that you can understand what's going on, that you can sing along when you know the words? Um you know, and that you can understand the message because that's really, especially in Christian music, obviously that's the, the primary thing. Oh, people need to walk away feeling like they heard the singer. They're, they're, they're showing up to hear Garth Brooks. They're showing up to hear Taylor Swift. They're showing up to hear Chris Tomlin or whoever. If they can't hear the vocal, the engineer has failed. No matter what the rest of the band sounds like, no matter what the room sounds like, because people are coming to hear the artist in the same way that, you know, in our worship environments on Sunday mornings, if you can't hear the message, if you can't hear the vocal, if you can't hear the pastor, then either the gear has failed, the room has failed, or the engineer has failed. So that's that's priority number one for sure. You know, uh, I'm going to have one last question here before we get we move on to rest. Uh, I wanted to ask you guys, what is concert etiquette? Because, you know, like I said, I see these girls screaming like crazy at Taylor Swift concerts. And I think if I'm standing next to you, you've ruined my time. Like what level of sing-along is appropriate? Because singing <laughs> along sounds fun, but like how loud can one, what's the etiquette at concerts? What's y'all's personal the, the, take? The world has lost all etiquette everywhere at all times. Like this is why I shouldn't be allowed out the house. There <laughs> is no etiquette. That is the problem. That's the problem. Everybody thinks they're entitled to do whatever they want, whenever they want, because it's all about them and their Instagram. Mm. It's kind of like that uh, 
person that sits next to you at church that has a terrible voice, but they love Jesus and they just keep singing loud and you're like, I can't worship. All right. I don't want to get in trouble for this, but like, cause God bless her. But last, last Sunday, last song, girl shows up, sits right next to us on the last song of worship. And she didn't sing bad per se. She just sang like she was, she was singing loud. Like she wanted everyone to hear. Yeah. And we were just, I was like, huh, that's kind of fascinating. You got to tone down your love of Jesus a little bit when you're in the room. Making a joyful noise. <laughs> yes. So what, so what are we thinking? A low hum, a low hum, low sing along? Is any, no, I, sing at all? I, no, I think people should, especially in church. I mean, if you're, I don't know. I, I want people to sing. I want people to express themselves. I think, you know, for me, one thing that, one thing that I do, and this might help some people, if you struggle with SPL or loudness level in your church, one thing that I like to do is mix in such a way that the volume is where if I'm singing along, I can, I can basically hear my, hear the sound of my voice in my own head, but my voice isn't sticking out to those around me because the volume of the room is such that, you know, I cannot really hear the people around me, but I hear that people are singing. So it's like, you know, for me, that's a good gauge of how loud the room should be is if I can, if I can sing along and hear myself, but not be distracted by the people around me or then be distracted by me, then the volume in the room is probably in a pretty good spot. Yeah, there's just this such fine line that, you know, church production, church mix guys are trying to hit to get everyone to sing along without hurting the audience's ears. And like, there's just this, this perfect sweet spot where people just, they let go and they, they sing. Another thing I would say about the, about the live arena mix is nowadays, you know, the artist can't hear the PA. Right. They can, they can only gauge the audience's response in their in-ears. But what they can do is watch Instagram after the show and see everybody's posts about the show. And if the artist can't hear their own vocal in those iPhone mixes, mm. they're going to have a problem. You know, in other words, they're gauging, they're gauging the quality of the mix, not so much on like board tapes and two-track recordings like they used to, they're judging the quality of the mix on what they hear through people's phones on Instagram. And that is a totally different level challenge to an engineer than it used to be. I know our friend Chris Rabel talks about that a lot. You know, Bruno will come to him with Instagram clips and go, this really sounded great tonight, man. Or, hey, what's going on with the vocal here? And he's judging the quality of Chris's work on somebody else's Instagram. It's bananas. Yeah. I remember, uh, our buddy Nathan was talking about, uh, he used to do uh, LD for John Mayer and John would want to change the lighting design based on what he would see photographs from the shows on Instagram. And it's, it's insane. Now, now Nathan's trying to light for Instagram on phones. It's wild. Oh gosh. I, and Jeff, just to make sure I get you clear, you're saying we shouldn't judge like the mix based upon an Instagram clip. Or are you saying that actually is a good check-in? I'm saying that is happening. So we need to check it. It's I mean, reality, I, whether we it's like reality. It yeah. So yes, you need to check it. You need to check that. You need to check your live stream. You need to check it on AirPods. You need to check it on computer speakers. You need to check every possible listening environment that you can, you know, check your mix against all those things, because what your PA is replicating is probably not going to be exactly what those other things are replicating. So the best, the best engineers are the ones who can, find a happy medium between all of those platforms. Toby, I'm really glad that I'm just like a podcast yada yada guy and mm-hmm. not a sound engineer because that yep. sounds really difficult. Yeah, one of the... We're, uh, we're all kind of glad for that, Blake. 
one of the old school famous tricks is like in, you know, A-level recording studios, uh, oftentimes mix engineers would, they would just mix on these tiny little speakers like Yamaha NS10s were the industry standard. And they sound like garbage on purpose. And so they have these huge speakers in the wall that are massively impressive, but those are just for the client. <coughs> so the mix engineer is mixing on these terrible speakers because basically if it can sound good on these terrible speakers, you know it'll sound good anywhere. And when yeah. the client- If you can make it sound in, good on NS, to make it sound good on NS10s at low volume in mono, then yeah. you know you've got a good mix. Yeah. Yeah. And then the client would come in, they say, well, I want to hear the record back. And so they put it on the big boys and they'd be super impressed because everything sounds good on these giant speakers. Toby, so if we have like some old speakers we can't move, we should start marketing them as this will improve yep. your mix if you can make it sound good on it's this. It's all psychology, Blake. That's that's fascinating. Also, if you haven't heard uh, Gene Kim's episode, uh, he's on MXU as well. Uh, you should check him out there. But also he gave a great room hack on that one as well. Um, okay, so all this work that's been getting... Gene can't be trusted. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I, wouldn't believe, I wouldn't believe a word Gene says. <laughs> yeah, never. Man, you know, they talked about a sniper rifle earlier. I think mm -hmm. they just delivered a headshot. Yep. Honestly, Gene and I are probably the perfect celebrity death match. I know I keep, I've been watching those <laughs> old celebrity death but let's get Gene and I in some ridiculous costumes and just let us go at it. Yeah. I could see Gene and Jay in big sumo suits in the parking lot of Passion I don't City think Church you can for the say, MXG Live event. I don't yep. think you can say sumo suits when it comes to Gene. <laughs> So wait, am I hearing that at the okay, MXU, bubble suits? At, am I hearing at the MXU live event in September? There's going to be a, a celebrity death match on the stage to open us up to get mm -hmm. us all hyped up. It's me and Gene. Yep, it might be. Might be the the yeah uh, event yeah, sure opener. Find it. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna name that and claim it. I just want that to happen now. Well, every event, every conference, every big shindig needs an opener, and so we figured, why not? You know, why not do it the MXU way and just do a big cage match to start yeah jeff how about you and i square off and then when the bell rings we look at each other and be like dude you just want to like nah. you want to take a nap or get some <laughs> coffee instead like i'm tired and then gene and jay come out and just have at it yeah i'm too Love old it. to fight anymore blake i that's why <clears throat> I, i'm your proxy in old times they would let you know have a second yeah i'll bring out uh gene will be my proxy and jay will be jeff's and yeah Y'all are kidding, but I think that'd be hilarious. <laughs> but also, don't y'all got like a big speaker at the event this year? So can you imagine that dude's like oh, getting yeah. ready to speak, but then we open with that? Um, speaking I think of, he would love it, actually. Yeah. Oh. Can you give us a little? Uh, what kind of preview can you give us for this event? Yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna be joined by our good friend Bob Goff. Um, he's gonna be there for one of the sessions. A couple other really good keynotes that you're gonna love to hear, and then. The biggest thing for us this year is our deep dive sessions. We're really going to take a lot of time in each discipline, audio, video, lighting, worship, and leadership to really dig deep into some great ideas from great voices on how to not just get better at your craft with each discipline, but how to build a better team and how to pour into your volunteers. We have a couple of, couple of people who specialize in team development and volunteer training who are going to speak. And I know you're going to love hearing from them. So we're super excited about the content this year, but we're also really excited about the community piece because MXU has always been about, you know, how we connect with and care for and, you know, engage with each other in person, face-to-face. -face. And so 
it's it's going to be really our only opportunity this year to do that on a large scale. So for people who are on the fence about coming, let me just tell you, you got to come. It's going to be a great couple of days, you know, two days. So we're we're up in the ante on the amount of time that we have together. And just the people who are going to be there, we know that you're going to love to meet and connect and network and hang out and just support each other. So can't wait. September 14th and 15th in Atlanta. And we're so stoked. Is Jay going to be the master of ceremonies again? Absolutely. Always and forever. I'm still on this side of the dirt. (laughs) And Jay's going to be giving all of the master of ceremonies talks with a mic in one hand and a a kombucha. A glass of chartreuse. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Guys, we will be at uh, my church. There's no drinking on stage. Okay. Um, But uh, seriously, um, did you mention that uh, Pat's coming to lead worship? I did not. So our, our, our main worship leader with the band is Pat Barrett. Um, and he's a gem of a soul, fine gentleman, hilarious guy. Great I'm a little writer. worried about him and Bob in, in one room. That's like a lot of, lot of crazy, like that's a lot of, uh, a lot of wisdom, attention, respect. diversion, res- wisdom, respect, and squirrel. Mm. That's like me, Blake. Well, you know, I just saw Oppenheimer and, you know, the way that the bomb happens is all those atoms start hitting into each other. So if you've got, you know, mm. these two big names just bumping into each other, explosive have an explosive, situation. you know, <laughs> like event. Blake after Mexican food. Well, let's not go there. <laughs> um, let's get back. To, I don't know how that was a quick bunny trail. Just, <laughs> squirrel! just, just said squirrel. <laughs> Here we are. Um, Blake, are you going to do a deep dive demonstration on Taekwondo at the MXU live event? No, but I am excited uh, to tease that. Sounds like we might have a big thing to announce at the MXU live event. And I think that's all. There's going to be a big, big announcement and you're not going to want to miss it. Huge. These people are, I mean, this announcement is huge. Yeah, it's it's the culmination of many people's dreams at one time. And well, I, you're excited because I don't know what we're talking about. Yes, you do. <laughs> if you don't, I need to make sure I send you an email after this. Is it that we're auctioning, uh, auctioning off Jay like The Bachelor? Well, yes, but that's like, I think that's uh, the opener now that we decided we're not going to do a fight. I think it's six months on, you know, any church can bid on Jay as six months aboard their production team. So Jay would come aboard for six months on their team. You know, that's not a joke, Jay, actually. With this pay survey we've done, there's some churches that that probably need to... to, it's, to like, it's a little bit like Gordon Ramsay, though, I'll be honest. It's going to get volatile at times. <laughs> like Hell's Kitchen? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just had a buddy win Hell's Kitchen, actually. Um, all right, well, uh, guys, thanks for coming on. I want to hit a tech takeaway before we, we wrap up here, though. Um, so, and you can put you both on the spot to give us both one. So, um, what would you kind of, you know settle us in here for a tech takeaway on this episode now that we've talked so much about basically burgers hacking a room and uh the mxu live event coming up they're both looking at each other both waiting to to see what the other says first (laughs) tech takeaway is just like a, a little nugget of wisdom yep jay says like he hasn't been on before yeah it's basically uh um something you would give uh to any you know group of church texts to help them on Sunday morning, whether it's philosophical, relational, emotional, spiritual, any of the bulls. Sunday morning is not the time to trust a fart. (laughs) What does that even mean, Jay? He's been hanging out with me too long. I'm rubbing off on him. Don't touch me. (laughs) 
So is that like you you can feel one coming and you you think it'll be silent, but don't it's, don't go it's there. Not just just it it's not just silence. It's not just audible. Sometimes when you think it's a fart, it could lead to more. And mm-hmm. you just Sunday's not the time. Jay, are you telling us you've blown up the the booths, you know, had volunteers running for their lives? No, no, no. I'm saying that I almost needed a diaper change one time. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so uh, hit the restroom before service, and then while you're in the booth, just hold it in. Yep. Don't yep. trust it. Yep. I like that. That's uh, one of the most unique tech takeaways. Maybe we, we could so get a, a booth bathroom, like a booth portage on mm. or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> airtight, airtight. Yeah, don't booth. let out those booth bombs. Oh goodness gracious, uh, Jeff! Why don't you, uh, you know, help I'm us not read. even sure what to say at this point. <laughs> Jeff's, Jeff's <clears throat> questioning his entire life right mm-hmm. now. Oh. No, I would say, you know, I think, I think there are a lot of people who are looking for a tech takeaway that has to do with tech, right? Everybody's looking for the quick fix or how do I make my mix better? Or how do I use a plugin to do X, Y, or Z? And those things are fine. I think in this season, I, I tend to think about this a lot in the summer um, as people are transitioning into a new season of ministry. You know, you've got new volunteers who may be coming on in the fall or promotion Sundays and those kind of things. It's there's this sort of back to school mentality that a lot of us have. So I would just say, Man, more than ever, I think we need to double down on how we're caring for and leading our teams. I think it's too easy to get caught up in getting better in our skill and up in the ante on, you know, our processes and our techniques. And all those things are important. But man, if we if we can figure out how to lead and treat and care for our teams better then we'll have to worry about retention a lot less. We'll have to worry about morale a lot less. I think, you know, if you could come up with a way in the next six weeks, as you're coming back into back to school season, come up with one thing that you can do to pour into your team, whether it's food, whether it's a a night of encouragement, whether it's an outing, whether it's just time around a table, whatever, to, to just reorient your team around why we're here, why we're serving together, why we're doing this. How can we make the production team the most fun place to serve in our church? I think we would be miles ahead compared to any kind of tech mixing tip or lighting hack or video shot that we could come up with. So that'd be my encouragement is just, you know, pour into your people and care for them well. A team tech away. What I said that wrong, didn't I? It, yeah, instead of a tech takeaway, it's a team takeaway. Sure. It's a tech team takeaway. There you go. There we go. Love that alliteration. Well, guys, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, y'all got anything you want to plug real quick? Um, probably just everyone start reading Revelations. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> it is very hot outside, and people do seem more crazy. <clears throat> That's funny. No, I would say... Um, you know, I'm just, I'm excited about the event, of course, and what we have new that's coming to the MXU platform is very exciting in the next couple of months. So just be, be on the lookout for what we're up to. Um, if you're not an MXU subscriber, you're missing out. So that's all I'll say about that. But getmxu.com is the place to find 
everything that we're doing and all that we're about. We're excited about our partnership with you guys. I mean, we love church gear and love what's coming. I would say kind of like the Oppenheimer movie. I think if, if we were to tease our big announcement, it would be a better version of building relations with the Germans than the Oppenheimer project did. So um, <laughs> that's all I'll say about that. Oh my goodness. I love that. Well, thanks for coming on guys. We can't wait. Talk to y'all soon. Thanks for having us. Thanks for hanging out with us. We hope to see you back next week for more absurd stories, tech takeaways, and overall buffoonery here at the Church Gear Studios. So, Blake uh, Oppenheimer, do you want to just confess that you did the Barbenheimer? I did do Bob- Barbenheimer, but I missed the first 30 minutes of Barbenheimer because I needed to eat a burrito first. Were you wearing all pink? Uh, I was wearing a pink shirt, not pink pants, so I mm-hmm. haven't bought I- those yet. I've seen you in this pink shirt, and uh, props to you for being man enough. I don't know. I think you're just confident enough um, to wear a pink shirt as a... Are you- Do we consider you a man, Blake? No, because I don't have facial hair. Oh, that's true. And you can't even grow it. Um, it doesn't come in. Yeah. Did you do a bunch of uh, social posts as far as, uh, you know, your Barbenheimer experience? Uh, no, I did not. But what it would be a great social post is to share this episode, tag Church Gear, tag MXU, uh, and, you know, maybe text it to a friend that, you know, would love it. And I feel like the uh, the Barbenheimer version uh, for our church tech community would be like Church Gear and MXU combined. So, like... Church McGear. I see. Gear. I see. I see what you did there. When you tag us in this post, uh, give us a better name than that. Yeah. Hashtag something with Church Gear and MXU together, and winner gets Blake. MX Gear. Okay, Blake, I've been working on some jingles for our new website launch. So I've got churchy, churchy, church, church to ear. Toby, what have I told you about singing on the podcast? It doesn't work. But you know what is working? Our new website. You can actually get it to load on your phone. You can actually buy a new piece of gear without your phone bursting into flames. Well, what if I spelled it out like C-H-U-R-C-G-E-A-R? Toby, Toby, stop. That is not working. But you know what is working? The search bar on our website. You can actually search speakers and speakers will appear. No joke. That didn't always work. Okay, what if I just did something like go to churchgear.com? You know what? That one works.